0: Welcome into the Locked On Knicks Podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and today I'm joined by DJ Zulo of Knicks Film School to discuss the adjustments that will give the Knicks a chance to win Game 5 and extend the series against the Miami Heat.
1: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. left, now fires him. And he's fouled! Anthony for three! Bang. That one goes He a- puts up a three! Bang! Bang! Right the, left, down
0: the becomes infectious. You are locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and I wanted to remind you that you can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. As if you do, that would make you an everydayer, and we love our everydayers here at Locked On Knicks. And if you are an everydayer. Um, to ensure that you continue to be, uh, you can throw us a subscription on YouTube and hit that notifications bell so you never ever miss an episode But Who's Talking To You. I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And I'm lucky enough to be joined by the fantastic DJ Zulo, contributor at Knicks Film School. You can also check out his work on the Craft MBA YouTube channel. And DJ and I are going to get into some adjustments the Knicks need to make in Game 5. Um, his thoughts on Julius Randle's less-than-stellar performance grading Tom Thibodeau as a coach and DJ's biggest gripes with what he's done. And finally, some positives um, heading into Game 5 and potentially, uh, as things go bad, the offseason. Without further ado, let's get into it right now on Locked on Nick. All right, guys, as promised, we are joined by one of my favorite people to have on this podcast, the fantastic DJ Zulo, a contributor over at Nick's Film School, making film threads for them and contributing to the excellent Nick's Film School podcast. And you can also check out DJ on his YouTube channel, youtubecom slash NBA or just search Craft NBA for individual player breakdowns. DJ, welcome to the show. How how are you doing? Are you mourning? Are you hopeful? Are you are you contemplative? Like what, what what's the emotional state right now in regards to the New York Knicks?
1: Yeah, I, I guess I'm so I'm better than last night. was uh, trying to digest things, not in the sense that I feel better about where the team is, but I just feel I feel like I've had some therapy to get the thoughts out and the kind of the emotions out now it's about just trying to figure out what went wrong what could go right for game five and if there's still some life left in this team um, which I'm still trying to figure out so hopefully we can come to some conclusions before we uh, wrap up today
0: yeah we've talked about a bit on the pod already right but it's it's so easy to say oh it's house money like who would have thought we'd upset the Cavs like by a lot of advanced metrics one of the best teams in the nba we did it in five games what a crowning achievement for this team it's all gravy now and then you see that it's the miami heat you see it's a team you beat three and four times in the regular season that was i think what was the it? like 20th in the nba in net rating 29th in the nba in offensive rating you say you know on paper we, we probably should beat this team mm-hmm. you talk yourself into it and you get heartbroken welcome to life as a knicks fan dj but um let's let, let's start here because uh Tom Thibodeau has taken a lot of criticism um the last 24 hours um including on this podcast um but I wanted I wanted a more objective um perspective than my own I wanted like one of the most informed perspectives I can get because I know you, you really really study the film and you're not afraid to have opinions counted everyone else how, how do you how do you think he has done
1: um this series um, I don't think he's had a g- good series at all. I don't think he's. If I had to rank the issues with this team, you know, I don't know where the coaching sort of comparison would rank. I mean, it would have to be pretty high because I think uh, spolster has been that good. And I think there's been a few things um, that I have uh, questions with regarding um, Thibodeau. You know, we obviously the heart for Grimes was an unforced error. Everyone was calling for it. He finally makes the change before Game Four. It, it, you know, whether or not that's a little, uh, you know, too little, too late. Um, and then there's other things like, I, I feel like he has defended Jimmy Butler in a way that has been panicky. I feel like there's been, um, way too many doubles thrown his way. I think it's really compromised the defense. I just don't, I, there's been a few things with our uh, our, uh, with Jalen Brunson. that I feel like he's not necessarily helping him. Uh, one being, I don't necessarily love the idea of putting him on Struce. I didn't love the idea of him on Levert in the first series. I, even though Garland was a tough matchup. I really advocated for that after game two. He made the switch. I was happy for that. I just think it keeps the stability of your defense intact. And then I just think that he needs to go Brunson, put him on uh, Vincent. I don't think that Vincent is a guy that's going to necessarily smoke Brunson all game. And I feel like he just keeps your cross matching um, in order. And I feel like Struis is just with this high release point. Um, I looked up his numbers before um, we came on and he's 12 of 23 against Brunson Struces with um, Brunson being the closest defender. It's pretty efficient uh, numbers. He's had a good series. I think, you know, Brunson at six one, he just can't get up there and contest his shots well enough. Um, And then like little things, like there were times where the uh, uh, full court pressure, the one man full court pressure last night was really getting to Brunson and it didn't, it, it just took, uh, uh, Tibbs a little too long to adjust. He got RJ the ball on one occasion where RJ turned it over. And then on the next play, RJ actually got it up down the court, got a lob to Mitch. So it ended up working out in that case, but little things like he ended up getting Randall the ball to bring up. So in the second half, a little more, but I feel like he was a little too um, slow on the trigger in that regard. Just, you know, you're, it's hard not to compare him to the guy he's coaching against, but it's just been such a stark difference in terms of where Miami is in the coaching uh, realm and where the Knicks are. So it hasn't been a good series for um, Tibbs. Part of that is he just, he's going up against an, uh, arguably the best in the the NBA right now. And that's just tough for any coach to deal with.
0: Yeah. I think the part that's hard to measure for me is how much can you put on Tom Thibodeau, the, the amount of mistakes that the Knicks and unforced errors the Knicks have on a game-to-game basis versus mm-hmm. Miami, who I- I'm sure they have them, and I'm sure there's a bias when I'm watching that I notice when it happens to the Knicks and when it happens for Miami. I'm just like, oh, it's a great play, and I don't really register it. But it, I, I-, I think it's impossible not to see that Miami's the more composed team, um, mm-hmm. the more decisive team, and has just a – fundamentally better understanding of their defensive assignments than the Knicks do where where there have constantly been errors on that side of the floor. And and granted, part of that has to be the fact that Miami has older players, guys who have about as much playoff experience as any team in the NBA, this side of Golden State and and, and maybe some of the guys on the Celtics. Um, That's certainly part of it. But I, I think Tibbs has to bear at least a bit of the brunt for that, particularly the confusion defensively, which I thought, got better this game because it felt like they just said, all right, we're going to switch everything. And that led mm. to some issues where, where Bam had guards on him. And, and to your point, that didn't really help the frenetic nature of the Knicks defense where it felt like, like constantly like they were flying around to put out fires. And that's kind of been the call from game one. But I want to circle back to what you said on, on Jimmy Butler because that was a big complaint of mine coming out of um, game three. And I saw um, John Jablanka, who does does a really great job covering uh, the Miami Heat. You could follow him on Twitter um, at John Jablanka underscore Um, And he, he tweeted out this video that was like all the times the Knicks double team Butler in game three. And then Miami, like objectively didn't get a lot out of it. It was like, all right, you know what? That wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, But then watching back um, today, like just in the first quarter, like I saw four ish open threes. They got him, plays with the Knicks double Jimmy Butler. W- what did you see? And, and I, I know you said that was an issue for you.
1: Yeah. I just, I feel like, you know, I, I don't think Butler has proven yet. And I don't know if it's the ankle um, not being hundred percent. I don't think he's proven to be the guy that he was against Milwaukee, where he was on a level where you had no other choice, but to send doubles. And obviously that the big issue there was um, booting holes never did. And that was partly why he doesn't have a job anymore. But I, I feel like Butler hasn't necessarily showed um, proven it to me or anyone watching objectively that he is the guy that you need to treat in that manner. Um, I do trust I don't think the Knicks have um, shut down defenders like some of the best in the league but I feel confident enough in Hart, Grimes and when RJ gets matched up on him that he's they're going to do enough to where He's not going to go off for 45 50 points. You're going to keep him relatively um, you know in check. He's going to get his points because he's he's arguably that you know at his position there's not a, there's not a lot of guys better at just drawing fouls and being savvy and getting the whistle. He's at he must be averaging close to 10 free throws a game in this series, so he's going to get his points based on that, but in terms of him shooting the ball and and taking those mid-range shots that he loves I, I much rather that be the outcome versus a swing swing than you're left with a Struce or a Duncan Robinson or a Vincent wide open three-pointer because I think that that you know sorts uh, it just destabilizes your team to the point where all those rotations that the Knicks have struggled with they come more into play when your your defense is uh, primarily uh, going to double and focus on Jimmy Butler um, primarily as as the guy that you need to shut down which I get The concept of it, but I also don't know if the Knicks have the guys um, on their roster right now that you can trust to make these rotations in in a stable manner. That's not going to just disrupt your defense to the point where you have offensive rebounding issues. You have obviously wide open three issues. So it just kind of creates more problems than I think you're trying to solve.
0: All right, guys, when we come back with DJ, we're going to dive deeper on some of the adjustments that the Knicks need to make. And then tell you what's been special about Jalen Brunson's performance this postseason. Um, but first, if you're like me and you're kind of thinking, "All right, this this might game five. Like obviously, the situation's a little bit of a bummer, but it might be an opportunity to get to MSG a little bit cheaper than usual." Well, there's only one place to go, and that's game time. Is buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful and game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer last killer deals on last minute of tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you'll have. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and your set and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code MBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%, and I think losing Emmanuel quickly, like, to me, made that and, and and him not being a guy that's automatically on the floor for 30 minutes in this series yep. made that even less palatable because he is about as good as anyone in the NBA at playing on a string like that and rec- prioritizing where he's supposed to go and, and directing other guys where to go. Right. And yeah. Fred, Fred Katz wrote a really great article about it earlier this year, and when you lose that, like, like he like for however bad he is offensively, like he he's a key piece in doing that, and, and that makes it all the more complicated. Honestly, like I didn't think the Knicks did a terrible job, like certainly for long stretches in yesterday's game of playing on a string, but like at a certain point, like there's only so much you could do. Like there was a play um, I referenced it on, on last night's pod where like early fourth quarter, where Grimes is like top of the key early in the shot clock shading towards Jimmy Butler. And I think there's one thing to do it when there's six or seven seconds left in the shot clock and you have him in a corner, like Miami can only get so much out of that because there's a mm. time limit on it. But when it's early shot clock and when he's center court and he has like a full visual, and and you're having Grimes sh- shade way off of Kyle Lowry, who's a fantastic three point shooter. And Grimes has to sprint out on him. Like, of course, he's going to bite on that pump fake. And of course, Lowry's going to hit
1: the open so three. It, so and that play was uh, so Lowry was one pass away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was, right, he was right. It was helping. Right. right it, so, it was treating it like how the Knicks treated Isaac Okoro. Got it.
1: Which that's the, if you're going to play a shell defense, you can play off a guy if he's two passes away or you're forcing yeah. a, a pass from one side to the next. But if he's one pass away, like you're, you're, um, suggesting there you can't you can't play off in that in that manner because Lowry's too good a shooter and he's savvy enough to where if you're gonna close out hard on him he can he can get something uh, going downhill so and, I I, and I
0: guess like I think it's hard for me to tell sometimes like was that Grimes auto and like panicking mm-hmm. about Jimmy Butler or is that Tibbs but it, it just feels like it's, it's happened too often yeah. throughout this series for it to just be Tibbs all right um let's uh let's 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 talk um maybe some positives maybe maybe these aren't positives but um, I, I guess, I guess just in saying what Tibbs did wrong, you already highlighted some of them, but what are adjustments that the Knicks can make going into this game five to have an opportunity to get back to Miami for game six?
1: Yeah. So I, I think I talked about a, a couple of them. I mean, I think the, the I don't love the, the, the Brunson on matchup, I think it's just not untenable. I, I think that Brunson is expending so much energy sprinting around screens, um, trying to chase the guy that has, you know, give, give credit to the Shrews. He he will fly around at his size six seven. It's just a, it's a rare skill to be that big and to have the motor he has when he's playing. And it's just it's asking a lot of uh, Brunson, who I think his best attribute is actually point of attack defense and sort of getting around screens at the top of the key. But when you're asking him to go side to side and eluding multiple screens on, on a single play, I think it's a lot to ask. So I think it's a simple change. And then what you really just need to do. If quickly he's not playing and he's doubtful at this point um, per the Knicks uh, to play in game five, you have to stagger the brunson Randall minutes where you can't start the second quarter with the lineup that the Knicks had with McBride, Hart, uh, Robinson, Toppin. And I think RJ was in that lineup. Um, well, he didn't start in that lineup, but he came in pretty quick. So, he, But I, I just think you need Brunson or Randall. In the game, enti- in, you know, for the entire um, duration of the basketball game, because to in that second quarter to lose the minutes that Butler and Bam were not on the floor was a big, big missed opportunity there. And they just couldn't score enough. So you have to figure out a way to keep your two best options right now on the floor at all times. So if that means staggering, bringing a guy out early um, in the game so you have one at all times on the floor. I think that's a big thing, and then you just need to rest guys in the second half. I get you needed you you didn't trust Hoppin. Frankly, he hasn't really. I don't have much trust in him at this point. McBride, you know, as much as I love him, I don't know if he's ready offensively to participate in a series of this magnitude for long stretches. So I get you have to play your guys forty-ish minutes, your top guys, but I, I think you need to spell them a little bit in the second half because while there were some strategic issues that cause all those offensive rebounds down the stretch. I think a lot of it, or at least part of it was just due to the fact that they, they didn't really rest and they were just doggedly fatigued. And I think you have to figure out a way to, to manage the minutes a little better. So hopefully in game five, the routes they get out to a little bit of elites. So you're not playing catch up the entire game, but that's you know, a few things that I would do um, just in terms of the substitution patterns and try to give your team a better chance.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think you can expect, more from josh hart coming back home i mean he said himself like didn't mm-hmm. necessarily have his typical energy though I, I think not like when he's coming off the bench not having quickly like really impacts his game and the amount of room he has to operate it's kind of the same issue you had with the starters i'm um, watching ob six minutes back like i couldn't blame tibbs for not putting him back in the game like like i didn't even realize this watching it live but like on one of those disastrous like um early offensive rebounds like
1: there was a oh, play where you leaked really out. Yeah, yeah. Where
0: where where RJ like had like kind of had the ball, but there were two guys around him and then uh, Highsmith just got the layup. And yeah, yeah, just yeah, just I mean, that's inexcusable. And like, obviously, yeah,
1: I I love the fact that he does that, but he didn't time it well. He, like you said, uh, Highsmith was right under the basket. That was his box out. That was his assignment. Yeah, those are the type of plays where if you're you're in the playoffs, you can't you can't afford those. Yeah, you just can't. It's just, it's just a it's a it was a bad play. So yeah, I remember seeing that one and uh, on rewatch and just kind of like jaw dropping a little bit because just you, you think you're beyond the point where you're gonna have an error of that magnitude and that speaks to what you were talking about earlier, the heat just being more poised and just more, um, just a a headier team in some respects and they're not gonna pull off a play in that in that way that it just corrupts your defense in that manner.
0: Yeah, and he look he had, he had two nice buckets when he was in, but yeah just yeah. not just not good enough and obviously that that is a big issue when you have Julius Randle in the state that he's currently in Tibbs was able to to buy some minutes um for like i think i think i guess it was a total of, like 3 where like neither Randle or Obi were on the floor but Randle still ends up playing 39 minutes 29 20 points 9 rebounds 3 assists we we uh, choreographed uh, or uh, that's not the right word but we summarized them um, like his mm-hmm. his, uh, his moments of of just yeah. jogging back I, I where are where you at on that? Because like a day later, like I want to just fall back on like the guys like clearly heard and watching him play. Like, obviously he's not pushing off hundred percent. He had a play where like Kevin Love just blew by him off the dribble. And I almost don't care like how poor his positioning is or how lazy he is on a given day. Like that just doesn't really happen to Julius normally. Like he's, he's generally like an excellent one-on-one defender. And like, I I guess like, it's hard for me to separate that. And like, give some forgiveness for that and some empathy for that with the fact that like, all right, but like you're running on offense, but then you can't run back or at least like hobble back. Like when you turn it over mid court and you're just like getting mad at the world. I, I, that Mm -hmm. that's kind of what's been tough for me.
1: Yeah. It it just, it looks bad. I I don't know. And it felt like a little piling on last night and into today, but I don't know. We were all seeing the same thing. And that's kind of the issue, right? It's it. I felt like last year was all about, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There could be some, there's obviously some things mentally that he had overcome. So you come into this year and it all, as he performed much better and his, his uh, ability to just recognize the fact that last year was not good for him on the mental side of things. And obviously the on court stuff, but the mental side of things were, were a problem. He addressed it and it seemed like he had sort of gotten past it. And then, you know, we had that, that game later in the year in LA where he's uh, against the Clippers, where he sort of like lost it a little bit. And that was kind of the first sign that, all right, are we, are the sort of the issues starting to rear the head? And then the playoffs come and, you know, he didn't play well against Cleveland. He had the injury. I thought he was fantastic at game five against Cleveland in that first half. I thought he was as good as I'd seen him in a long time. Um, so I just I want you know you do those sliding doors moment moment there where if he doesn't turn his ankle again does he take that momentum throughout that game and then into the series I guess we'll never know but it just you know I I tend to not have as much you know sympathy for what he's dealing with in terms of a potential injury because I'm just not seeing necessarily that to the point where it's affecting him on the offensive side of things um, that one play where Grimes had the turnover. It was in the first few minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, Randall didn't get back. He threw his arms up. It was clearly um, not interested in getting back on defense. And that that to me is not based on an ankle injury or the fact yeah. that his minute load is heavy. It was right out of the gate. And then the, you know, that you mentioned the blow by by Kevin Love, it was a closeout. That was just, you know, Poor technique. He had another one um, um, in this in the second half. Just again, poor technique, where he's not yeah, in the stance. Like His, Cody Martin right against yeah. Cody Martin? Uh, yeah, K, 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 uh, Kayla Martin. Or is it Cody? I, I, yeah, I, it. I, I, it I think up about five. Times, I think yeah. it's Kayla. But anyway, in any case, yeah, terrible. Um, and actually, I think uh, Jim Jackson is, actually is, called yeah. him out on that play. Yeah, uh, Jim Jackson actually called him out on that play for the techniques, and that he goes, uh, you know, it's not something you're necessarily going to teach because he was upright he wasn't in any kind of a stance so these are the things where I agree with you he's usually pretty good when he's isoed against someone he can kind of dig down and it's a challenge and but just his effort level has been um embarrassing at times and you know I don't it's confounding because I think if we, we look back at the the Tibbs tenure I wonder if him and his handling of Julius when he's having these moments is going to be the thing we look back on as like a missed opportunity, because when you let it go all basically all of last season, then how do you necessarily address it now in a situation where you can't afford to lose him? You've never really given him that sort of discipline in a way that's uh, where you're going to hold him accountable. So I think you just have to ride it out. I think you have to hope that his shot making uh, I thought it was pretty good yesterday is offensive. didn't have a ton of issues with how he played. Um, yeah. you hope that he carries it over into game five. Um, but I, all the other stuff is just that's just part of the package, and you have to have to manage it. And, um, you know, we can talk at a later time regarding, you know, what he, what does this mean long term for the, the team and his fit and where the, you know, where he should be on the pecking order. But it's, it's disappointing. It's, um, I actually felt bad in a way, you know, because it got so vitriolic on, on, uh, social media. But, you know, it's part of it just, you know, he's brought this on himself. Um, yeah. And he's just gotta he's gotta do better. That's just is what it is. And I'm don't have a ton of confidence that he's necessarily gonna bring that sort of effort. I just hope that he can be a really good offensive player and the Knicks can pull out a game uh uh coming up here at MSG.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the frustrating part is like you can't help but feel like what's going through his mind right now is like screw all of you, like I'm I'm fighting through an injury, like I'm in pain every single play. I'm doing my best, mm-hmm. save my energy when I need to. And like, and like some again, some part of me like says, like, yeah, that's fair. And then like, but then the other part of me like just keeps coming back to like the effect that I got to assume that has on his teammates and like credit to like mm-hmm. everyone else in the Knicks, because going back to last year, going back to like, well, I, I don't even want to think about four years ago, but going back to last year, like these guys don't show it. Right. Like you, you never see right. players yell at him. Um, but maybe part of that is just like, is like, that's like, that's a bad thing that they're not comfortable doing that because like Tibbs obviously is favorites. And like, like if, if someone else not named Jalen Brunson knew, would never do that or, or Julius Randall did that, probably have of the game and on the bench um mm-hmm. but let's uh let, let's let's move on to uh a, a positive uh before we send you on your way I I don't want to I I was almost reticent to ask this question because it, it feels like all right like I'm just assuming like series is over the Knicks are gonna lose and even if that's probably the case um, I, I, don't want to bury them just yet, even, even if, uh, me and Alex did a little bit last night. Um, but that being said, I, I probably won't get to talk to you while this series is still going on, at least on air. So what's something positive you've taken away from this series that, that if we are, um, nearing, nearing our demise as, as a 2022, 2023 mm. franchise, um, what are you taking to his offseason? Like, all right, that was something that like getting that opportunity on a huge stage. Like we know about this team is going to carry
1: forward. Sure. Um, so I'll give you two, uh, uh, one, I think RJ's performance since game two of Cleveland, um, has been really good. And I think that I was concerned a little bit after game three, because I thought, all right, Miami is now going to a straight up man to man defensive concept. They're really, they're not giving him those runways that he had, um, in game two. Yeah. You know, how is he going to perform? He didn't have a great game, obviously in game three, but he can't thought he came back, uh, last night and just played really well. And I think he's just, he seems more explosive. He seems uh more, yeah. Obviously, his passing has been has taken a huge leap. So I, I just feel like for the first time, I can pretty confidently say that he's a guy that you can have on a roster and he could be your third best player on a really good team. And that was not something I was thinking a month ago, two months ago, to be uh, completely honest. So that's one. And then think I think Jalen Brunson has to be the other one because you know, he's averaging 25 points a game. Um, uh, beyond other than his three-point shooting, everything else has been uh carried over from the regular season Uh, he's obviously hurt obviously doesn't have a ton of space to operate especially in that starting lineup especially with uh well especially with josh hart playing with rj Barrett, doesn't have a ton of space and has performed really well against two defenses that have keyed keyed in on him with multiple defenders um good defenders uh primarily so for him to go out and have a second straight playoff series Uh, our season really um, based on last year's performance with Dallas and really perform at a high level. Again, he's just a guy, he's a star. Um, And I feel like there's still a little room to grow. If this team can figure out a, a situation where he does have more space to operate and he has a little more coverage on the defensive end, because he is a, again, it's a problem defensively to sort of hide him. Um, But if you have better defenders then that's, that problem can be mitigated a little bit, but the fact that he's having his uh, second straight season where he is a big-time shot maker in the playoffs just gives me a lot of um, hope that this is just who he is. And he's just a piece you can just plug in for the next three, four years and know every time this team's in the playoffs that he's going to to be a relatively efficient playoff scorer at multiple levels. And that's just a very – it's a very important thing to sort of have in your back pocket every time you go and and you're matching up in a playoff series. You know that you're going to get – 25 to 26 points from Jalen Brunson. He's going to do it um in a in a pretty efficient manner, and he's just a tough guy. That's uh, as I mentioned, obviously hurt and to do it in that um still do it in that way um the way he's doing it has been really really impressive. So I think those are the two guys that um just really impressed with. And then you know I'll just kind of wrap it up with um Hartenstein, where I don't think he's been necessarily great in this Miami series. I just feel like he's just a, a solid piece going forward and and has really helped the Knicks in multiple games. Um, tough guy, um, gives the Knicks some roster flexibility if there is, uh, some trades down the line. If you have a basically a starting caliber center as your backup, um, so yeah, I mean, it hasn't been all bad. Uh, it's three one. I would probably give them at least a 50 50 shot to win game five. And then you have the hope that you could put the fear of God into Miami in the fourth quarter of a tight game six and have the specter of MSG game seven, um, in the rearview mirror or in the, um, you know in their in their minds this yeah. sort of like worry about so not all is lost there's been some positives um but obviously if they lose the series in in five games it it can't help but be disappointed but you're going to there's going to be positives going into this uh off season regardless of what happens in this uh game 5 uh young team uh a lot of growth this year or so um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that it's been, it's all doom and gloom. I actually feel kind of good where the team is right now. And, well, you know, we'll see how, I think they're going to fight game five. I don't know if they're going to have the shot makers to, to, to pull it out, but they'll be in the game. I don't think the, the Heat are necessarily going to do what the Atlanta did two years ago and just sort of like put the hammer down and the next are going to whittle away. I think it'll be a competitive game. And I think the Knicks have a pretty good shot of pulling it out.
0: Yeah, I, I I think so, too, and we, we said as much last night. I'm just going to add on Jalen Brunson real quick. I was just going over mm-hmm. his cleaning the glass numbers, and I, I think maybe the most impressive thing to me is that his, his rim volume has, like, totally dissipated. Like, he went in the regular season, like, 29.6% of his shots came at the rim that was uh, 74th percentile um, in the NBA, and he was obviously super efficient when he was there. Um, and then in the playoffs, um, that has, like, pretty much – disappeared um he isn't he's in the 20th percentile and only 14 percent of his shots so like half Mm -hmm. as many shots at the rim as he had in the regular season but because he's like absolutely elite as a mid-range scorer 93rd percentile in the playoffs 57 percent finisher um at the rim 60th percentile overall and effective field goal percentage despite to your point um only shooting 29 percent from three which i, I think mm-hmm. has a lot to do with the ankle injury i think the rim yep. stuff also has a lot to do with the ankle injury we heard the reports i think it's from ian begley today or, or i'm sorry if I'm misattributing that but like miami guys didn't even expect jalen to play in game two because he was so beat up like the dude is just an absolute warrior and like i'm i'm, I'm with you on him and rj being the top two guys because like having a bonafide number one score in the playoffs like the knicks haven't had that since mellow and Brunson obviously brings some stuff to the table. Like he's, he's not the overall weapon that Melo is, but, but stuff that Melo like couldn't quite dream of as, as a player. Um, and mm. and as, I, I don't want to say as a leader to take a shot, but like he he is special in that category. And RJ, like to me, like the only thing I'm looking at going forward is if the three point shooting proves to be real next season is that is still like, it's always going to be make or break with him, but his ability to just like a couple of times beat Jimmy Butler from a standstill. Like yep. I know Butler might not be a hundred percent healthy. might not be able to push off that ankle, quite as well as he typically would but given what happened in game four and then rj's ability to do that or sorry game three and then rj's ability to shift that in game four that was that was really exciting to me.
1: yeah that he that was the one with the, the right hand going baseline uh typically you know, not, a, not you know the explosion with that right hand has always been this the thing that he's uh to me been a little bit uh lacking but he really has some good explosion that he's always had a good first step for a size he's using it now and Yeah, um, I I feel pretty good about him being an average shooter, and if all the other things, the passing has been the big thing. I mean, if he can just continue to if that carries over, then even if he's not like a knockdown shooter, there's enough there as an offensive player that he's going to be really good. Um, And you see, I always I forget this too. He's still what he's hasn't turned 23, or he's about to turn 23. Yeah, about to turn Um, 23. Yeah, so he's he's a lot of room to grow. So he's been. He's been fun to watch, um, especially after after, you know, last year's, or two years ago, the way his postseason went in the first two games of Cleveland. So to turn it around, I mean, kudos to him. Yeah, mentally, he's always been pretty tough. So I shouldn't be too shocked. Yeah. And
0: I think there are there are ways the Knicks can can retrofit their roster, particularly if Julius Randle was moved that might empower RJ to be something that we haven't even mm. really contemplated yet, but that is a conversation for another day right now. Uh, we we're, we're going to see tonight if they can take uh, game five, but DJ, before I let you go, can you just tell everyone one final time where they can find all your great work?
1: Thank you. Yeah. Ace uh, underscore Zulo, ACE underscore Z-U-L-L-O at Twitter. Um, and then if you search the craft NBA on, uh, in YouTube, um, I do some videos there. Haven't been so, um, been busy with the Knicks. Quite, quite frankly, I haven't been I've only gotten like one video out recently, but I'm hoping to do more. Um, some new stuff coming out down the pike too as well. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Always appreciate uh talking this stuff uh, through with you, Gavin. And uh you always do a great great work on your end. Big fan of the show and just keep up the good work, man. Thank you so much, man. Um, and thank you to everyone who who listened. Um, we'll we'll talk to you
0: um maybe, maybe when the next season is over, maybe when it has new hope. I don't know yet. We'll find out tonight on locked on Knicks.